Round 17 starts tonight and we've got plenty to talk about on the show. Horrible injury news for South East Melbourne, but good news for both Melbourne and Perth ahead of their games coming up. Pete Hawley spoke with Justin Tatum. We talked about that and his future with the Illawarra Hawks. And one of the good people of the NBL has got a very cool gig. We'll tell you all about that and a whole lot more on NBL Net. Well, if you blink for just a second, the next round starts and we're up and running tonight with a double header and a lot to talk about. I'm Jack Heverin alongside Pete Hawley. Halls, good morning to you. And I just want to clarify something straight away this morning because I've looked at my commentary roster for South East Melbourne versus Sydney. Ryan Brockoff's on that game. Mm. I'm on that game. You're on that game. But I'm just a little worried with South East Melbourne and their injuries that you and Rowdy are going to have to play for the Phoenix tonight. It's going to be an interesting watch, isn't it? Uh, they've been dealt a horrible hand once again in terms of injuries. That It's happened nearly every season they've been part of the league. They just can't get that consistency of health. But the bench that could potentially suit up, I mean, if Nate is out of this game, they could potentially have all four development players playing rotation minutes and then a training player is going to have to become active and it's incredible to think that any team in the league is possible to be in this situation. What it could mean is, I mean, one of two things, to be honest. What most people are expecting outside of the Phoenix, I'm sure, is that this game could get very ugly and the Sydney Kings, who don't necessarily need a percentage, can protect their percentage by boosting it up. But on the flip side, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, Jack, but when you've got a bunch of young kids who are going to get an opportunity, what's the one thing that often holds back development players and, and guys who get very limited chances in a season is that mindset and confidence because you get thrown out there for a couple of minutes. If you mess up or you don't play the right way, you get taken off. You might not play for four or five games. They don't have that luxury right now. So Mike Kelly would be saying it's as much of a free swing as ever, but just go out there, have some fun play your way, play through mistakes, and if you just start feeling confident, you can make a game of it. And we saw what they did uh, on Christmas Day, albeit with uh, a couple of other starters and stars in the lineup. It'll be hard to see that happening, but the NBL throws up some wild things, Jack. So who knows what we're in for tonight? I'm actually looking forward to it because it could be interesting. So Gary Brown and Mitch, uh, Matt Kenyon are the two latest injury news. And as you mentioned, Pete, Abdel Nader, is a game-time decision. I mean, look, this is a – we could do an entire NBL Now episode on the Phoenix and and basically from the start through till now. Is this is this just bad luck at the moment? Oh, I mean, you look at it and I think there's some things like freak injuries, right? I mean, Craig Moller came off a freak injury uh, to his other knee when, when he signed with the Phoenix, and he was great. And to be honest, I've said a couple of times on overtime in the broadcast that him being injured in a season-ending injury really hurt them because those kind of glue guys who can impact such a positive manner without needing the ball are hard to find uh, around, especially in the local contingent. So when he went out, it kind of felt like things are starting to just fall apart, but they are freak injuries. No one could have predicted it would happen similar to his other knee and Alan Williams. I mean, that one, he's he's had a couple of injury scares now with his knee. Um, Gary Brown, the groin, that's, that's popped up. So these kind of things are kind of freak injuries, but again, you're looking at the history and what happened with Brockoff last year. You mentioned Rowdy and a couple of other players. It, it starts to raise a question about what is happening, and I'm sure that they'll be looking into it. I, I do think it is more on the, along the freak side and just unfortunate, but uh, the fans want to see this team. As we we forget it, three years ago, this team was 20 minutes of basketball away from being 
NBL champions. 20 minutes, and they, yeah. they laid that egg in the second half at Kudos Bank Arena against Melbourne United in the COVID season with no fans. If they had won that semifinal game three, they would have won the championship because of the injuries that Perth had. That We all knew that whatever team won that semifinal series was going to be a champion and didn't happen, and everyone wants to see them get back to that level. So I'm expecting some big things to happen in the offseason, and uh, they they kind of need that. They have an enticing thing now with this unbelievable uh, facility they have, so you can make some big moves and try and get things back on the right track. To Melbourne United, much more positive news on an injury front. Shaili has missed the last few games because of concussion. Joe Lawala-Chul has been missing for personal reasons. Melbourne had a, a full hit out yesterday. Both trained, both got through unscathed, and both will play in Brisbane uh, on Friday against the Brisbane Bullets. Are we about to see how important Shaili is for Melbourne United, Pete? They've been a little scratchy the last couple of weeks, and now they get their, their best defender and one of their on-court leaders back. He's the heartbeat of Melbourne United, and you look at the games he missed last year, I think they were 3-9 and nine without him, and uh, it's not about how many points he scores, it's the tones he sets, it's the, the way that he fights through every screen, the way he makes life tough for the opposition superstars, every single possession down the floor. There's certain guys in the league who are the ultimate trust guys, and you could probably name them on one hand, right? Every team should have one, but those trust guys that a coach says, I'm, I'm throwing you out there, I know that I need you, and they're just going to get the job done without scoring 20. Because obviously, Bryce Cotton is an ultimate trust guy. You can trust the man to score 30, he's going to do that. But that's what Shaley does really well, and, and he's been sorely missed, and this team doesn't look the same. And to be honest, Delhi is, is not thriving the way that he normally does without Shaley next. He just makes everybody better around him, not just on the defensive end, but on both ends. And uh, you'd say JLA is a big part of that Melbourne United squad, no doubt as well. But other games, I think they could have potentially looked after the, the result without JLA, but they played Tasmania where they needed that kind of big presence and they got beat up uh, over the course of the game inside. So Shaley, number one, and then having them both back. And Dino came out and said that they're going to try and play desperate and they kind of need to because Perth's coming. Mm. And we get to the Wildcats in a minute, but tomorrow in Brisbane, Bullets have hosted a game on this date every year for the last few years, which is great for them to have a recurring fixture, and, and most of them have been against Melbourne. But, Pete, I, I would imagine this is one of the biggest games in Brisbane's most recent history because now they're a very real playoff and play-in conversation. It's, it's almost a reality for them now. They're hosting the, the number one team in the competition on the table um, they've got full access to their entire squad, as do Melbourne. Oh, I can't wait for this one tomorrow. This feels like an enormous game. And, and to be honest, on, on a Brisbane standpoint, I don't think the result necessarily matters. I think it's the way they play, right? If they fall just short or they lose by a couple of points, but they, they really take it to Melbourne and show that, that they're capable of doing this if they match up in a, in a three-game series, in the semifinal series, that's where they need to get at in a mental, mental capacity. We, we go back to the first time these two teams met this season and the Brisbane players were saying, this is a championship game for Justin Truller. He's, he's coming up against Dean Vickerman. It's um, Sensei versus Justin Schuler and trying to get it done. And um, I think they're going to try and figure out that, that kind of same mentality and go in there. If they go and get the job done, now the pressure goes wide back on Melbourne United. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they rise to the challenge. And as I said, 
I don't necessarily think the result matters unless they get blown out. I think if they get competitive enough and they if they win, obviously it's a huge tick. But just to show that if they can get out of a playing tournament and they can make a semi-final series, that they can cause some problems, that's the kind of confidence and mindset they're going to need going forward. Do you think they can win? Absolutely. I mean, confidence is one thing, but we've seen in the past, right, when Melbourne United were desperate, I mean, they, they came off a, a big loss to Cairns. They played Brisbane on in John Kane Arena and they smacked them around. That's what they've got to be prepared for. Melbourne United coming in, not trying to lose two in a row. They talk about the desperation, everything in the media. Justin Shuler knows what Dean Vickerman would have been doing all week on the practice floor. They get their full squad back. They know they're going to get the best Melbourne United possible, but if they rise to the challenge, which they're more than capable of, Nathan Sobey, playing an all-NBL first-team level, everyone else filling their roles, they can make a real run at this, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know what, Jack? Double overtime, just because you said that. To the Perth Wildcats, uh, they're rolling at the moment 13 of their last 15. They are the hottest team in the competition, and as you said, they're gunning for the number one spot on the Mitsubishi Motors ladder, and they welcome Alex Saar back for tonight's game against the Illawarra Hawks as well. He's been missing for the last couple of weeks, um, Perth and Alex Sars' representation have been very clear that he will see out the season and he wants to be there until the very, very end. Things just keep getting better and better for the Wildcats, don't they? They do, and it's coming at the right time. You want to get everybody back healthy and you want to be playing with the right rotations. You're going to play in finals for more than just one or two games. You want to roll it out there and understand who's going to close the game, who's going to close the first half, who's starting the game well to get all that done. I love that John really said he's going to be on no minutes restriction. He said that. Let's just watch to see what happens. There can always be two different stories right there. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I think he provides a big spark for them off the bench. I think he was floating around on a, on a house of highlights thing this morning. I sent it to Liam. They're, they're talking about a seven foot two guy back in the G League night games in the preseason, the way he's sliding his feet. So all the eyes, even more so, are now going to be on Alex Sarr towards the end of the season. Some other projected top five picks have been injured. All the eyes are going to be on, on him, and uh, I'm fully expecting that he's going to stand up and have a big say in, in their postseason run. And look, I'm, I'm biased, obviously, we all are, but I, I really envision this. He's going to be number one pick. I've just got a feeling, right? If, if Liam's going over there, Liam's going to be hugging him on the stage. He's going to tell Adam Silver, just get off, just get off. I've got this. And he's going to give him a big hug and say, you're the number one pick in the draft. I want to hear Liam announce Alex Sarr as the number one pick. That's, that's my okay. goal. We'll go one step. You know what? Adam Silver, take the night off. We've got our next star's GM in the building. He's going to take care of it. The way Liam's going, he'll probably be running the NBA in the next few years as well. <laughs> hey, your chat with Justin Tatum is now live on the huddle, the latest edition, a really good one. Sat down and watched it last night. It was fantastic. I noted as well that Justin Tatum spoke to the Illawarra Mercury yesterday and said, look, I, I want to be at Illawarra and my representation are in conversation with the Hawks to try and make this happen. But... There are other jobs available in the NBL, and I want to stay in the NBL. So I, I think either way, Justin, Ch Justin Tatum seems as though he's pitched a 10 here with the NBL. And I think I'm okay with that. And learning a whole lot more about him yesterday was awesome. He's, he's a terrific human being, and it was fun having this chat with him as he was trying really hard not to glance up at the TV and watch his son score 39. <laughs> he was doing his best job, but I'm sure he would have been trying to focus on that and uh, the way he talks about it all on his coaching journey is awesome to see. And um, I, I think it'd be crazy not to have him in the NBL. And if you're Illawarra, I don't think you can look at the last three games. I don't think you can look at really even the end of the season. You look at the way this team has played since he t took over 
and what that could mean with a whole offseason on a team he constructs himself, that is a really good foundation for success. And I think that's the way that they'll be looking at going forward. But you've got to keep an open mind if there's other jobs out there for sure because also no one knows now what's going to happen with potentially Trevor Gleason after the whole Milwaukee Bucks situation at the end of the season. What that means for, for Trev and, and other teams, do they wait around and try and have a conversation then? Um, there's going to be a whole lot more to play out there. But uh, selfishly, I want to see Justin Tatum continue on uh, in the NBL and I think in Illawarra where he seems to enjoy it and seems to be walking on the beach in the morning. But everybody knows who he is now, which it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to hide. Yeah, on the Trevor Gleason thing too with Milwaukee, I mean, it happened yesterday. It's, it's probably a bit too early for us to speculate, isn't it, Pete? It is. I mean, you, Doc Rivers is, is supposed to be announced soon as being the head coach. And again, who knows what happens at the end of the season? Does Doc Rivers want to bring in uh, his all-new staff and earlier than that? Does he want to try and make moves? Is he, it's too late for that and most likely and he's going to run out with this assistant group. And if they go on a real big title run, is that the way you want to roll it over next season? Doc Rivers has been around uh, for a heck of a long time. He's had a lot of success. I'm sure he has people on call if he wants to try and bring them in. But I think Trevor Gleason has shown that we've seen it. He, he belongs on an NBA staff and he's kind of had an unlucky run at it because you don't get much of a say as an assistant coach. So it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Speaking of the United States of America, that's where we're going to finish this morning. Great news coming through yesterday. One of my favorite sayings in life, Pete, is that good things happen to good people and something really great has happened to a great person. Fleur McIntyre, the assistant coach of the Sydney Kings, will be leaving to go to the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA where she'll be the assistant general manager. I think you've only got to go to social media yesterday and see the total outpouring of love that Flurry Mack got. She's one of the most popular people in the league and this is an enormous opportunity, but one she thoroughly deserves. Absolutely. I think, again, this is just the beginning. You can see her continuing to to fly up and and be even bigger in those roles because she, as you mentioned, she is a phenomenal human being. It's very rare that you find someone who can be so unbelievably good at what they do and be such an incredible person as well. And um, I think that's exactly what she is. I've loved every conversation I've had with her and I think the Sydney Kings had a gem and I'm sure that it'll be sorely missed, but she's on to bigger and better things. It's a huge congratulations to her. And uh, she's got an entire NBL support, and I'm sure it's broader yep. than that, who are just going to continue to be her number one fans. We're always going to be there for her. And um, I selfishly would have loved to see her as a head coach here in the lead. Maybe that's in the future down, down the path, but I think she's going to really thrive in this and she belongs to be on the biggest stage in the world. Well, that's going to see us out for NBL now this morning. Double header to start round 17. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix play host to the Sydney Kings in the heartland at the State Basketball Centre. And then the Perth Wildcats at home at RAC against the Illawarra Hawks. Halls, I'll see you in commentary tonight. And thanks, everyone, for joining us on NBL Now.